pray. Heavenly Father, we are privileged to join in the praise in the chorus that is present in all of creation. We praise you from your creation, joining with the sea creatures in all the depths, even fire, hail, snow, and clouds, stormy wind, which fulfill your word. We join with the mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, the beasts and all the cattle, creeping things and the flying fowl. We join in praise. We do so as those who are young and those who are not so young, older men, children, young adults. We have been called upon to praise your name and we do so even now. And Lord, we praise your name as we make our request to you and ask that you open your word to us and cause your love to be present in our lives as we show ourselves to be your disciples. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all of God's children said. This talk is called Loving Our World. Uh, I'm going to give you a subtitle right now. It's also called Storming the Castle and Securing the Cottage. Storming the Castle and Secure in the Cottage. I'd like you, first of all, to observe a difference. A difference in all of these talks. This one is different in one sense. The topic is different. Okay? We have been called to, commanded to love God. We're to do that. We're to love our neighbors. We're to love our families. We're to love our church. And we are called in Scripture to love our enemies. But Scripture says we are not to love the world. Of all these topics, this is the one we are specifically told to not love. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. You've heard it, you've read it, you will hear it again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... Lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. We are commanded to not love the world. It's a present, imperative, active verb. Stop. Don't love the world. So the first point. Is actually two words. There's two words. If you are loving the world, if you are inebriated with the world, if you are fascinated with the world, which is a reality, if you are loving the world, here are two words for you right now. You can write them down if you need to. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Quit it. You've heard this. That's closing prayer. <laughs> okay. You good? All right. Check. You awake? You're still awake? Yeah. All of you. Eye contact? Okay, good. Good. All right. Sleepy. All right. We know about this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12 again. 
Pastor Hadding? Don't, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be formed into the schema of the world, the map, the ways of the world. Galatians 6.14 speaks of being, Paul says, I'm crucified to the world. The world's dead to me and I'm dead to the world. We know that there's supposed to be some kind of distance here. Titus chapter 2, Paul says that we have been taught to deny worldly lusts. There are lusts in the world. We're supposed to deny those. 2 Peter chapter 2, we are those who have escaped the pollution. We are supposed to be those who have escaped the pollutions that are in the world. Let's admit something. In the world, in the world, there are great evils. There are great evils. Disgusting. There's also a great opposition to Christ in the world. More on this later. What I'd like to do now is switch gears. I'm going to turn this just a little bit. And I'd like you to help me. I'd like to wonder about words for just a moment, and I'd like you to participate with me. Are you ready to participate? Okay, good. I'd like you to tell me what these words mean. Okay? All right. Okay. I'm going to give you some words here. First of all, uh, I'd like you to give me one definition. Don't blurt it out. I'd like to recognize you. Uh, what, what, uh, tell me what the word window. Okay, go. Somebody, window. Window. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, kind of the glass, glass window. Okay, good. What else? An opening, an opening, like a window of opportunity, right? So thank, thank, thank you. What else? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay, kind of a window to the world, and some people even think of the eyes as our windows to the world. Okay, good. Thank you. What, what, like, what about on your laptop or in your? Are there windows there? What's that? Okay, good. All right, thank you. Thank you. Work with me, please. I know it's late. You're ready? Next word. Fan. Uh, give me one definition of a fan. Yes, sir. Someone who is fanatic about something. Like of a sports team? Yes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, good. Somebody, a sports fan. What else? What's another kind of fan? Circulates air. So they're electric fans, and some people can fold up little paper fans. You know. Okay. What uh, is there? Any? What if you turn fan into a verb? Have you ever seen like a bird fan out the the tail feathers? Okay. So, thank you. Next, here's a a tongue. Tongue. What's a tongue? A muscle. Um. Body part muscle. Sticks your tongue out at me. Okay, in mouth, the, the muscle in the mouth. Another tongue. Huh? Thing that tastes. That's the same one. Yes, that's right. What? Part of your shoe. There's a tongue on the shoe, right? But that's related. It's kind of a little thing, right? Okay, good. Shoe. What else? Languages, various, there are, what, what, how many tongues do you speak? Okay, good, thank you. In a, in a groove. Okay, good. That's got like a tongue and groove, woodworking, good. What about a trailer? 
Okay, come on, work with people. All right, let's get, I'm going to make this a little bit more fun. Okay, and this is with the, spelled with the letter C, corn. What's corn? Okay. It's not a vegetable. What is it? What is it? Something you eat, right? What else is corn? My jokes. Your corn meat. Those jokes are corn meat. What else is corn? What, what else is a corn? Where do you find a corn? On your foot. On your foot. Okay. You're sick. Okay. All right. Speaking of a foot, what is a foot? What is a foot? Twelve inches. Twelve inches. What else is a foot? A place I've always wondered. Something is a foot. Okay. Uh, it's body part. All right. Here's something else. We'll work with me on this. Jerk. What's a jerk? A rude person. A rude person. Thank you. A, a, <laughs> All right. What's that? A quick pull. Right. That's a jerk. So he went verbal on it. Have you ever heard? Those of you who are older, of a soda jerk. Somebody who would pull the soda handle, jerk the handle. Okay. A fossil. What's a fossil? What's that? What? I, I actually have a watch with my name on it. It's fossil. You have glasses say fossil on there, I noticed. So it's a, it's a brand name. I know that. What's a, you know what a fossil is, right? Sometimes uh, an older person may be unkindly referred to. Do you see <laughs> Okay. All right, I've wondered about words, and you've helped me with that. Thank you. I'm going to turn this now the other way. All right, I'd like you to know that this happens with the word world also. So we're going to wonder about the word world. And I'm going to give this to you very quickly, and I'm going to rattle some Scripture passages at you, because we're going to get into this in just a moment. Well, right now. Uh, The word, the word world. Uh, It means order in one passage of the Bible. It just means the way that you kind of uh, cosmos yourself, the way you wrap clothing around yourself. It's like an apparel. It's it's cosmos. It's uh, a wrapping in order. Not in the like eight shades of pink thing. But anyway. Uh, In the Bible, uh, the world also refers to opposition. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15. I'd like you to see this. The word world can be used in a number of ways, and I don't want you to think, oh my, this is some kind of crazy lexicon study, because you do this already with words like tongue and foot, fan. You already use the language. I'm letting you know that... This is found in the Bible as well. The same word cosmos, the Greek word cosmos, is used in a number of different ways. It's used in the sense of order, like of clothing. It's also used in the sense of opposition. The world seems to have a form of opposition to the Lord. Uh, John 15, I'm going to begin reading verse 18. If the world hates you, so the world's hating. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. 
They'd love you. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Turn a few pages over to John 17. Look at verse 14. Jesus is praying as a high priest, as our priest, as the final priest. In verse 14, this is what he says in his prayer. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So the word world can be a form of opposition. There's a a disconnect. There's a us versus them. All right? Uh, by the way, Matthew chapter 13, uh, there, there's the, so- the parable of the sower goes out and sows the seed. The world there is spoken of as a distraction. There are the cares of this world. See? Oh, you missed it. So. Okay, thanks. All right, the world is also spoken of as needing redemption. It's not just an us versus them, write them off. The world is spoken of as needing redemption. Second Corinthians 5.19 God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. John 16.8 Did you know that the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment? The world needs to be redeemed. Also, the, world, the word world refers to the inhabitants of this planet. We can refer to all of those who live in the world. Next, the world can refer to creation, the universe. What I'd like you to do now, since you're in John's Gospel, is turn to the beginning of John's Gospel, and I'd like you to look at chapter 1. Verse 10. The word cosmos is used three times in this verse. This verse is referring to Jesus. He was in the world. I wonder what that refers to, world. He was in the world. He was in the created order. He was on earth. He was, in the inha- he was among the inhabitants of the earth. Yes, the inhabitants of the earth. He was in the world. He was among the inhabitants of the world. And the world was made through him. The whole creation, the whole universe was made through him. Or you could say the earth was made through him. And the world did not know him. There was an opposition there. Three times in one verse, the word world is used. In at least two different ways, maybe three different ways. Huh. I once saw a fan at a baseball game. It was very hot out. Fanning himself with a fan. It was amazing. I, I couldn't understand what was going on. What are you? What is that? What's happening? It's, it's not that freaky. Okay. We've wondered about words, and we've wondered about the word world as well. Now what I'd like you to do is to wonder with me about this wonderful world. Okay? But before we do that, I've got another question for you. Why do you do anything at all? Don't answer. Just think about it. Why do you, why do you get up? Why do you go to work, go to school? Why do you study? Why do you do anything at all? Why don't you just stay in bed? Why don't you just unplug, wear sweatpants all the time? 
And some of you are yes. <laughs> Don't do that. Let's wonder about the world together. Here we are. This wonderful world. Uh, by the way, somebody once said, uh, and by the way, I'm going to start talking about culture. I'm going to start talking about culture right now. One theologian said, culture is this. It's what we make of God's creation, or rather what God makes through us. Why do you do anything at all? Stay with me. Creation was said to be good and very good. The created world was said to be good and very good. Not just tov, but tov niyod. I wonder how often we, in our Christian upbringing, said, world bad, world icky, world hateful. Hmm. I'd like to speak to you about a plant that I once saw in Africa. Was it a bush? Was it a tree? I was looking for this bush. I was excited when I got to see it. I was in a particular jungle, and our guides were there, and I was on the back of a boda boda, a motorcycle thing, <laughs> going through. And we're going to this village of Sozi Bidye, and going through there, and we get there, and the villagers had set out these tarp-type things, sheets of some sort, and there were all these little beans on them, drying. I go, what's that? They said, coffee. Coffee? That's right, there's coffee growing. They said, do you like to see coffee plant? I said, yes. <laughs> they take me into the forest, and I see a coffee plant, and Sure enough, there were some coffee beans of sort on there. And I, I was just fascinated by this. Fascinated that, that there's this plant with this bean, and then it's treated. And I like co coffee's wonderful. It's part of this world. Some of you are thinking, Ick. But that, you'll come along. I've got a statement. I'm going to share with, share with you a few things right now. And I'm going to be very redundant here because I want this to wash over you because I think we think wrongly about some of this stuff. Food. You enjoy food? How about wonderful food? Delightful food. Have you ever heard of comfort food? Oh, my. Many of you look, would, would like to be married. You think marriage is good? How about babies? Babies are good. I can remember a friend of mine who was in the medical community speak of the, the feel of a baby's skin. He likened it to touching powdered sugar. And when Abby was born, friendship. Enjoy friendship? Uh, you know what? Just check it out. But laughter. I've heard you, you folks have been laughing all weekend. Music. 
if I come over here <laughs> and, and do some of this, I, I mean, they hit some of the same notes that you would hit, Grace or Emily or Abby, and, but there's no order, no cosmos to it. Do you know that the, there's not just a world of music, but music speaks of the world? Because it, without cosmos, it's just individual notes. But when they're put in order, when we do something, or when God does something through us with His creation, culture happens. And we're so afraid to talk about, oh, culture, it bad. Painting. just colors. Is there an order to it? Is something happening? What about a fine charcoal drawing? Phenomenal. Somebody doing pencil, lead, sketches. And they'll do something, and then they'll smear it a little bit, because there's creativity. It's almost as if the author of all of creation is being manifest, his image is present in the creator of that artwork, and the, and the, the formless and the void tar- starts to take shape, and it's beautiful. Architecture. What in what? The, the sight lines, the way that the light comes into a building, or the way that the sun in the morning or the evening hits a it strikes a building. And how, what shadow does, and what light then does to the building. Health. Medicine. Smells. Water. Literature. Song. Voice. Touch. Woodworking, welding, craftsmanship. Failure here leads to an abandonment of responsibility and an abandonment of interaction. It leads to a cloister mentality and the absence of love. To reject this and to be afraid of this is to be unloving of our Creator. Redundancy. Life is filled with wonder as well as weight. There are so many wonderful sights, events, sounds, tastes, and experiences. The birth of a child, the reality of memories, the existence of hope, the smell of a rose, and the taste of food, the beauty of rocks and gems, and the towering grandeur of the mountains truly purple in their majesty. There is astonishment of coffee, the coffee bean from a plant or a tree. And I love the way Douglas Wilson wrote about this. If we take these beans, cook them, grind them up, and then run really hot water through them, we get a comfort drink that tastes really nasty for the first six months. (laughs) But if you persevere in the making and drinking of it, it gets to be really good. There's the varied and delicate structure of a leaf, 
the curiosity of okra, the hollowed and flight-promoting makeup of the bones of birds, the life-sustaining and life-defending wonder of the human circulatory system, the glory of the human eye and the gift of taste buds, it goes on and on. And are we blind or do we receive it? Do we look at the gift from the gift to the giver? Do we study? Perhaps the words of Proverbs 30 are sufficient here. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air. Fascination. The way of a serpent on a rock. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea. (laughs) And the way of a man with a virgin. There is so much wonder in this world and in our lives. We are surrounded by wonders, and if they were food, our pantries would overflow. The only question is whether or not we see them. Will we know them, embrace them? Are we blind to the wonders? Chesterton stated it well. The world will never starve for want of wonders, but only for want of wonder. The world will never starve for want of wonders, for a lack of wonders, but only for a want of wonder, for a lack of wonder. I see trees of of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me. And you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The, the colors of the rainbow, so, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands and saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what, what a wonderful world. Yes. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. We can go... What, what, what kind of a syrupy, sentimental way to end the, the last talk? Really? Why, why is it that the church isn't leading the way? Speaking of the wonder of what our Creator has done and is doing. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 105, and call upon His name. Make His deeds known among the peoples. 
Sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. So let's love this world. How? You've already heard a little bit, a little bit of that. We already know, let's clear the deck. We already know that we are not to love anything that detracts from or competes with the honor and glory of the Lord. However, we have been placed here. Do we simply despise it until we get out or get off? Do we just hold our noses? Lord, I know you've left us here, but can't wait to get out of here. We've got to get out of this place. If it's the last thing we ever do. So many Christians have that attitude. You know what? I'm just a pilgrim here. I'm just passing through. Matter of fact, a number of years ago when I was working for a price club prior to the time they became Costco, I had a good friend who was a vigorous witness for Jesus Christ. And day after day, he would witness to the non-believers there. And they knew that when Rob was coming, that something about Jesus was coming out. And one day, Rob was having this interaction. Rob was a forklift driver, and he would regularly come by the cooler where I was stocking things, and he'd give me an update. Hey, be praying for so-and-so. I've just been talking about him. He came in the window, and he goes, oh, man. He says, I said something to this one so-and-so, and, and I was talking about the wonder of Christ's kingdom, and, and how you know we're of a, of, of a we think differently and, and we're, we're of, a, of another world in a sense and, 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 and I quoted Jesus who said in John 18:36, "My kingdom is not of this world." And you know what he said to me? The guy said, "Well then why don't you get off our planet?" Too many Christians have just, you know what? To hell with the world. What do you mean by that? You're talking about the opposition to Christ, the hatred of Christ, and is that your attitude? Isn't that their attitude toward you? The approach that I'm going to recommend is one that I have taken cheerfully and unashamedly from G.K. Chesterton. And it's the one which views the world as both an ogre's castle and a comfortable cottage. Thus the title, Storming the Castle and Secure in the Cottage. That's what we are called to do. And that is a way that we show love, and I'm going to try to explain it here. Alright? This is what Chesterton started with. He, he talked about the difficulty of what do we do with this world? Do we have just this optimistic view of the world? That's great. Or this pessimistic view of the world which is just ugh, wonderful or filthy. Great, I want to do it all or let's just despise the whole thing. What he says is what we need is not the cold acceptance of the world as a compromise. Some people will do that. They'll say the world is wonderful and the world is also wicked. What we need is a compromise. 
That's what some people say. And Chesterton says, no, what we need is not the cold acceptance of the world as a compromise. But some way in which we can heartily hate it and heartily love it. That's what he proposes. So he deals with this. Just before that, he said, it will be said that a rational person, somebody that can think clearly, that a rational person accepts the world, the compromise, accepts the world as a mixed, uh, accept the world, accepts the world as mixed of good and evil, and then they have a decent satisfaction and a decent endurance. You know what? I'm going to enjoy what I can enjoy out of the wonder. And I'm going to endure what I have to endure with the wicked. So is that really the approach that we need to take? This is what he says. We have to feel the universe, the cosmos, at once as an ogre's castle to be stormed and yet as our own cottage, our own cottage to which we can return at evening. No, you've created good, very good. It is wonderful. God ordained marriage as well as culture. And the order in the world is present in music and in literature and story told well. And as a child grows to maturity, it is not what you're saying because it is wonderful. We're going to storm the ogre's castle. And everything you're doing, your employment, your future employment, why do you do anything at all? It's not for the paycheck. Get that out of your system. It's because you're made in the image of God. The Creator. The Sustainer. The Author. The Architect of it all. Why do you do anything? Why do you get up in the morning? Whatever your job happens to be. Whatever your employment happens to be. It's a matter of storming the ogre's castle. No. No. And then being secure in your cottage. This is the Lord's world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He said, before any cosmic act of reform, we must have a cosmic oath of allegiance. You know what? There's no reform going on from the church because there's no oath of allegiance from the church. We're at, we, you know what? We can't wait to get out of here. We've got we to get off this planet has been our attitude. So there's no oath of allegiance. And so it's, you know what? Let it die. So do we love the world? Let me propose to you that it is inevitable and that we already do. Much in the same sense of Ephesians 5.29, no one ever hated his own flesh. We were born here. We are called to love our families, love our neighbors, love our enemies. You know something? Last time I checked, they're all in the world. Oh, but you know what? We're not supposed to love the world as the opposition. Right. We already cleared. That's clear. Scripture's clear. We don't love that which is in opposition to Christ. No, I don't. You shouldn't. 
Something besmirches the name of my master? I don't love that. The world as a created order is a gift from God. It was created good and very good. And it is curious. Let me say something to you that you've heard so many times. For God so loved the world. We have been left here by Christ to be Christ's representatives. Jesus' high priestly prayer. Again, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Jesus didn't pray, you know what, Father, just save them and whisk them away. Beam them up. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Protect them from the ogre. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And just as you, Father, sent me into the world, I have sent my servants into the world. We're commissioned by Christ. To be clear, we're not to love anything that opposes the Lord. But I think we should love that which honors the Lord and reflects the glory of the Lord. We thank you uh, for, I'm so glad we, we sang Psalm 148. From heaven, O oh, praise the Lord. Sea creatures, fire, hail, snow, clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains, all hills, fruitful trees, cedars, beasts and cattle. These are all busy praising the Lord. I love that. And when I get to sing Psalm 148, I'm joining in the chorus of all creation that's consistently proclaiming the glories of the Creator. I, lo I love that. Perhaps you haven't just listened for a while. The Lord sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every the wild mountains quench their thirst. By them, these streams, these waters, the birds of the heaven have their home. They sing among the branches. The Lord waters the hills in his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. Psalm 104. The Lord causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man, so that he may bring forth food from the earth. Culture. And one makes man's heart glad. Get working and get glad. Oil to make his face shine and bread which strengthens a man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The seeds of Lebanon which he planted. And this is where the birds make their nests. The stork has a home in the fir tree. The high hills are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock fishers. The Lord appointed the moon for seasons. The sun even knows it's going down. Lord, we make darkness and it is night, at which time all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey, and they seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lay down, lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work, and he goes to his labor until the evening. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. It goes on and on and I don't love it enough. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. World. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. And what's the sun like? It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And folks from Fort Worth know this. I, I said this to them repeatedly. During weddings, I, I always watched the bridegroom. Back doors open, the bride's back there in all her beauty, and I always turn and look at the bridegroom. Like the sun. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> he rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, its circuit to the other end. There's nothing hidden from, it, from its heat. 1 Timothy 4. Every creature of God is good. Nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. It is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Every creature, tisma, related to the word tisis, creation, the world. The hymn, this is my father's world. The hymn, for the beauty of the earth. Recently, during... During Advent and Christmas, singing of the Father's love begotten, verse 2, at His word the worlds were framed. He commanded, it was done. Heaven and earth and depths of ocean in their threefold order, one. Huh, heaven, earth, depths of ocean, threefold order. Hmm. Reflect the Creator? All that grows beneath the shining of the moon and burning sun evermore and evermore. Joy to the world, the Lord, world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Verse 2, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. Verse 3, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Our God is one of resurrection and renewal. The project is not scrapped. The project is right on schedule. We are servants of the King. We are image bearers of the Creator. He is going to grant and give a new heavens and a new earth. We are to love God. Pastor Booth taught us at the beginning. From that, we love our neighbors. We love our family. We love our church. We love our enemies and this world recognizing it, for we're not blind. In one sense, like an ogre's castle, but also a snug and cozy cottage. Love always changes those who are loved. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.